Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the hard-working Mitsubishi L200. With £2,000 off the range, make the L200 your ultimate workmate. Yeah, just do the basic sound check stuff. Right. You ready, Kev? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Andre, give me a funny sound effect. Is that in tune? Uh, that sounds pretty much in tune. Yeah. And on point. Okay. A random farm animal? Brilliant. That sounded more like a rhino. I think it probably was a rhino. Do you keep rhinos on farms? Are they big game? Fucking massive. <laughs> Ian Collins wants a word. And welcome one and all. It is that time of the year when we do... Well, you know what's coming because we've talked about this for many, many months and now here it is in fruition. It finally comes to a podcast near you and it's right here, right now. We are very excited. In fact, excitement levels around the country are through the roof once we announce what we're about to do today. What's that then? I said that like I read it off a script. You did a bit. In fact, I didn't really. Uh, It is the first 2015... God, I'm beside myself here. The first 2015 question special. A Q&A type thing. It is the Q&A. Ask us anything. You only get like four of these a year. Do we? Okay. I think. Yeah, four-ish. Four-ish a year. Yeah, because it's important to realise that because whenever you go away on a little bit of a break, like over the festive season, you end up coming back and there's a whole bunch of different questions and they mount up a bit, so we have to clear them in bundles. Yeah. From Lapland Fandango. <laughs> Lapland writes, Valentine's Day has just passed. Who gives a sh? Good call. Did you do Valentine's Day in your house? Uh, not really. Do you do Valentine's Day? Uh, no, There's no. a card. Yeah, a card. There's a card. Yeah. That takes place. Bit of a card. Are you one of those, oh, you should be romantic every day of the year and always coming home with flowers, chocolates, teddy bears? KFC. KFC. That's me. Box of Dunkin' Donuts. All of those. Yeah, the Valentine's Day thing. The one thing I think you have to try and avoid is going out for a meal on Valentine's Day. You can't really do it unless you book in advance. And even then, it's sort of like, it's a bit... See, this makes us sound like we're grumpy or something like that. We are a bit. Well, you are. Perpetually. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. The kids like Valentine's Day. Just sitting in a restaurant where everybody else is. Knowing that pretty much every table around you, within about three hours... He's going to have a fuck. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky. Uh, so, did you, when you were at school, did your school do, like, Valentine's Day cards where people would write uh, to at different classes? At school? Classes? At school. Did you not have this? Card of school did you go to? It was a very, It was in Ballyhoo. Really? All of, all of the schools in Ballyhoo were very strange. What, the school sends you a Valentine's card? No, the school don't send you a Valentine's card. Who was the headmaster? Jimmy f***ing Savile. <laughs> Who sends a Valentine's card there? No, what I'm saying is that you would like write to let's say let's say there was a girl called Wendy, for example, in uh, in your school, and you fancied Wendy. You would write, "Dear Wendy, Happy Valentine's Day from question mark," and put it in the school post box, and it would be delivered to her, and she'd be like, "Oh, someone sent me a Valentine's card." Mm. You never had that. No, isn't that encouraging dating? It's encouraging friendship. I would suggest. No, we never had that. What kind of f***ing school did you go to? <laughs> You've got to remember, Kim, I was only in high school in the 90s. Oh, yeah, sorry, of course, I forgot. <sighs> yeah. We've moved on to, like, Blackberry-based messaging by then. Lol. This comes from Norton Fluck. 
Who says? Given that you guys have had David Icke and Alex Jones on the podcast, can we just remind ourselves of Alex Jones, please? Hey, listen, I'm here to warn people. You keep telling me to shut up. This isn't a game. You are the worst person I've ever interviewed. No, no, it's basically off it. with their heads, disappearing. David, thank you for away. being with us. InfoWars.com. Half Liberty past 11. You're watching the Liberty Sunday politics. We have an idiot freedom in the program today. Stop. Coming up stop in just freedom. 20 minutes. You will not stop the republic. Is there a conspiracy theory that you actually think could have some substance? Well. Well. Yes. Go on. But not one in particular. But I, the fact is, and without getting into specifics... For a long, long time, dating back to the 90s when you were in high school and doing a radio show at night, which was incredible, yeah. you, also, you used to always have these uh, uh, nutballs who would phone up and come up with these outlandish conspiracy theories about this and how the government fits into that and how TV fits into this, and you're like, oh, well, that's all nonsense. And then slowly, bits of it start to appear to be true. And you start thinking, well... Next conspiracy theory that comes across, which is completely mind-blowing, and you think, oh, you reject it because you think it's just stupid. What's to say there's not an element of truth in that Yeah, as but well? some of it is just about progress. I mean, to me, the greatest example is this. Does it sound weird sitting here today saying that in 20 years' time there might only be one supermarket in the world? Doesn't sound odd at all. No. It's completely believable. Yeah. Only... Well, do you mean like one one store or what? one chain? Well, yeah, one, just one store, that's going to get busy. Yes. And the Where, self, self... Where's the shops? Peking. <laughs> Thanks. Self-service thing, a better bloody work, and it never does. <laughs> Unexpected. What a, what a bloody king of beer as well. Yeah. No, the idea that the big, you know, we've got four or five, uh, half a dozen shops in this country. You know, there used to be 50, now there's half a dozen. Right. And if you think globally, similar kind of thing going on, that it's not impossible that one would buy the other and then another one buys out. You know, Walmart own Asda. And how long before they buy up Sainsbury or Tesco or yeah, vice versa? Yeah. You might end up with a couple because it would be seen to be very, very odd if there was just one food company in the world. But, you know, if you look at some of the people that supply the food, you know, there are huge conglomerates that are responsible for massive parts of the food chain. Indeed. Absolutely vast and, and, and quite controversial in themselves. If you watch things like Food Inc., you know, you've got merchants you know, copywriting wheat, copywriting seeds. That's bloody frightening. But nonetheless, I can see that happening. However, that doesn't mean it's a conspiracy. That just means it's an inevitability of capitalism. And as Karl Marx said, the end game of competition is the end of competition. Good old Marxy, eh? Good old Marxy, eh? Yeah, with his logic. Sorry, that was Howard Marx that said that. <laughs> He was off his fan tits at the time. <laughs> Thank you, Howard. Uh, from Cat Like... like... <laughs> he does sound like that, doesn't he? He does. He does. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, from... I remember interviewing Howard Marks and saying to him, so, Howard, you know, I know, you know, there is that theory that some people just sort of smoke all day. And what, what do you, you know, I said, do you kind of get up, get yourself ready for the day, have a brisk walk, do a bit of shopping, and then come home and smoke your first suspicious yeah. cigarette? And he went, no, I'm off my tits from the moment I wake up. <laughs> Lovely boy. Fine, thank you very much. Lofty. Uh, from Cat Like Caitlin, Cat Cake Collector. <laughs> Caitlin writes, uh, regarding expired food. I've had a couple of stories like about that recently. Uh, following on from your salsa story last week, one night, hang on a second, Andre, give me some manky old grub music! <laughs> following on from the salsa story last week, 
One night I was at my boyfriend's after being out at the pub. I was starving, and having had a few, I raided his fridge to grab something to munch. See, munch does listen munch. to this podcast. I was pleased to see a bag of exotic grated blue cheese in a door compartment, which I put in a sandwich. It tasted a, it tasted a bit strange, so I checked the bag to see which country it was from. As it turned out, it was not exotic cheese at all, but a bag of cheddar that was two and a half years out of date. <laughs> Caitlin, beautiful. Caitlin doesn't tell us whether she's still with her boyfriend. Probably not. She's probably not still with us. So no. Uh, Mild Dave, the architect from Reading, says when I left school, I wanted to become a radio presenter. The problem was I was too clever. Yeah, all right. F off. <laughs> instead, instead. I became an architect, and I've done rather well for myself. Well, aren't you the perfect man, Dave? He says, had you not gone into the wax-stained world of media, Oof. what do you think you two might have been doing instead? I reckon Kev would have worked at the Wimpy, and you, Mr Collins, would have been a farmer. <laughs> farmer? <laughs> Where does that come from? I have no idea. I can see you in the wimpy, though. Are you going to make a bender and chips no. joke? No! I can see, yeah, I'm dispensing, uh, you know, a thick shake. Oh, thanks very much. So much for career aspirations. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with working in the wimpy. Or being a farmer, for that matter. Being a farmer's a good one. I could see you in a pair of wellies and a straw hat. The only trouble with being a farmer is you've got to do... You've got to go... You've got Farm? To go, well, yeah, but it's not the... You know, when you watch Country File, you've got Adam and Ellie and the fella from The One Show... Yeah. ...monkeying around on the farm. They're baling some hay and they're walking through. They're helping to build a stone wall. They're bird-watching. They're doing all the... Bits and bits. It looks very, very nice, you know. But you don't often see one of them with their um, their hand up a cow's ass. No. And of course, that's part and parcel of it, isn't it? Once in a while, you are required to finger some animals. Very true. So does John Craven still present it? Well, only when they need to do the cow arm thing. Oh, I see. Yes. Hey, John. There's another one needs sorting. <laughs> Can't knock the mighty Craven. No, I don't know. I think a teacher would have been all right. I could have been a teacher. To my vast what knowledge. You could have been a teacher. teacher if I wanted to be a teacher, a, a teacher of, of English, teacher I don't know, English, being on a podcast. Art. No, I mean, had I not gone into teacher of English art, a teacher of English or art. Were you good at art? Not English art. Only English art in this class. Looking at all the great English artists. Yes. Only them. It's like I said, a weird reverse racist art. Yeah. I see you as a bit of a constable. What'd you call me? Stephen Dennis, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which decade was better, the 90s or the noughties? Asking for a friend. The 90s or the noughties? So, uh, better for what? That's the question, isn't it? I mean, is he, is he talking about better for us personally? Is he talking about better for the world? Is well, he, he doesn't specify. You know, the 90s, you know, lost a princess but gained a Blair. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> and we pitched up on the radio together. We did. So does that. So uh, what you're saying is the naughties... But I, can't, I still can't get past this noughties thing. We have to come up with a better name for it, and it's not been around for a while. Well, that... You know, somebody said to me the other day, what are we... You know, you, you, you get Edwardians, you get Victorians, you get Elizabethans. Does that mean we are Elizabethans? But the Mark II Elizabethan, if you go... If you take it from a oh. mon mon monarchistic point of view, we are Elizabethans. I like the idea. Whip out your frilly collar, kids, and Elizabethan it up. I, I mean, I, in my answer to the question, I think the the noughties were pretty good, personally and professionally, and also in the world, I think they were all right, weren't they? I don't know, but lots of bad things happened. The answer is, Stefan, 
essentially, f*** off. There's no real answer to that question because it's all based on different personal experiences. Very true. Very philosophical as well. This comes from personal Pete, the nosy Parker. Oh! Who says, hi, guys. You should do a competition where one lucky listener gets to win a week staying at your house. I'd love to win. <laughs> I'd love to win and have a nose at your kit. Sure. OK, we'll do a competition now. If you want to stay at Ian's house, then no problem at all. We can sort that out. Just email, email now. Yeah. Kev at onceaword.com, Ian at onceaword.com. And explain in, in uh, five words yep. why you'd like to stay at Ian's house. Yes. Not my house. You're not coming near me. But Ian's house. Ian would be delighted to have you. If you could send a photograph and a, a certificate uh, certifying sanity, that would help. Yeah. Just so I know you're not about to axe me up. You have a special guest room, though, don't you? The one with all the bees in it. Yes. The bee room. The bee room, yeah. It's lovely in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hive of... Stop it. No problem, honey. Uh, From Gozer. Gozer says, So they're making a new Ghostbusters movie without the original cast, replacing them with the cast of Bridesmaids instead. Ghostbusters with women. Will this work? Do you know about this? Yes, I was aware that it's an all-female cast. Yeah. Um, have you seen Bridesmaids? Yes, I have seen Bridesmaids. It's a very funny film. It is a funny film. But and I'm I... not sure whether that means that Ghostbusters is going to be a funny film. Well, here's my... I, I have I have an issue with it, but not for the reasons that you would think. And I do have an issue with it because it is a female cast. Now, not because it's, well, there's no boys in there, but because suddenly it's defined as, this is a Ghostbusters film with a female cast, whereas the original wasn't, hey, the Ghostbusters are all boys. They happen to be boys. So you're actually now, you're you're basing the movie's marketing on a particular uh, concept, which Mm. I think overrides the original concept, which is ghosts and shooting. Yes, I think that was the idea. And it was a comedy, you know. It seems that there's a kind of a thing at the moment, and the only person that could legitimately say they have pulled this off by applying new techniques or new ideas to film is boyhood. You're familiar with the boyhood story. Yes, yes, yes. Because we were, and it was quite funny, we were watching a clip of this a couple of weeks ago because I didn't know about what they'd done with boyhood and Ethan Hawke is in the film. Right, and I yeah. just thought, man, he looks amazing. He looks fantastic. He looks just, he looks brilliant. Yeah. He looks just incredible. Well, and the down. reason he looks incredible is because I don't know if you know this, they made boyhood over the course of about 15 years. He was 15 years younger. That's why he looked good. So the kid who's in it grows up. So the cast all grew up with the film and they made it over the course of about a decade and a half. Wow. Which takes some doing. I think they lost a couple of actors on the way. Not through death, just through getting bored. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a hell of a commitment if so you're like, an actor. Yeah, but I think they just did it between other jobs and they came back to it and, you know, but it's won lots of awards. So. They were just happy to have the work, I would imagine. I should think so. I mean, I'll go and see the Ghostbusters film, and I'm sure it'll be very I funny. I like the first one. What? That's like that big Michelin Man thing. Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Hoovers. Bill's a god. What are you on about? Hoovers. Well, they're bad, Kev. Proton packs. Proton. Unlicensed nuclear accelerators. Is that what they were? Yes. Yeah, I didn't do it for me. Ghostbusters 2, I'll grant you, wasn't the best, but Ghost- the first Ghostbusters is a classic. Once you've got Scooby-Doo down as your measure of spectre-based capers, then I'm afraid you can't surpass it. Uh-huh. This weekend, just watch Ghostbusters with a couple of beers and it will change your mind with a fresh perspective. Okay. Now that you're in your 20s, I think you might uh, enjoy it. Uh, this comes from Lisa at uni in Edinburgh, who says, What do you pair make of this moral dilemma that we had at university the other day? It goes as follows. Oh, you're in it. Andre, have you got some moral dilemma music? 
Here it is. Tom is part of a group of ecologists who live in a remote stretch of the jungle. The entire group, which includes eight children, have been taken hostage by a group of paramilitary terrorists. One of the terrorists takes a liking to Tom. He informs Tom that the leader intends to kill him and the rest of the hostages the following morning. He is willing to help Tom and the children escape, but as an act of good faith, he wants Tom to torture and kill one of his fellow hostages who he doesn't like. If Tom refuses his offer, all the hostages, including the kids, and Tom will die. If he accepts the offer, then the others will die in the morning, but Tom and eight children will escape. Should Tom torture and kill one fellow hostage in order to escape from the terrorists and save the lives of eight children? I love those moral I don't know what to say to that. Save the children. Yeah, well, I I, I guess so, yeah. All right, I'll go with that. What do I win? They are the future. Don't you dare. If you... Do you say, would you do that? Um, I think unless you're actually in that situation. It's but very see, difficult to know how to, you would feel. Yeah, we've spoken to Professor Kevin Dutton about this, because he then twists a little more on that moral dilemma. And he says, OK, so there it is. You've got to kill one hostage to save everybody else. However, if you discover the hostage is uh, you know, some horrible sex offender or something, does that change the concept? Does that change your ability to take his life? Yes. There you go, you see. So you just need a reason. Everybody has their reason. Don't like his face? That's a good enough reason. Smells a bit. Supports West Ham? Yeah, I know a lot of people who support West Ham, though. I don't think they'd be too happy about that. Likes Ghostbusters? Hey, now, come on. Hey, what's your favourite film, Mick? What's your favourite ghost film? With hoovers and marshmallows? Really? (laughs) Bit harsh. Well... From Malcolm, the mad mammary maniac. Malcolm writes, Never mind Hugh Scully being a fresh-faced 71 years of age. Mentioned that the other week. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Norden, a guy I assumed long since dead, celebrated his 93rd birthday the other day. Why isn't he still on TV? I must admit... Because I... he's 93? Oh, how yeah, but how... Bruce Forsyth's like 219. And shouldn't be on television. And he's... But he's still on from time to time, isn't yeah. he? Dennis Norden, though. I did see Dennis Norton once. I was I was in a cab and he was waiting at the side of the road. Really? And the cab driver went, "Look, mate, it's that bloke. It's that Dennis Norton." I mean, because it, right, Griff is Griff is doing all yes. right in the night now, isn't it? Not good. Well, he's just doing the same thing, but he's just not Dennis Norton. Yeah. It's the same sort of scripted links. Yep. Without has he got the clipboard? I can't remember. Does he have the clipboard or is he given? No, I don't think he's got the clipboard. But it is it is dicey. But it's just showing clips. I mean, God bless Dennis, but we didn't really care what Dennis did either. You just want to see the next dog sliding down a hill on its arse or something like that. That you've been framed. No, before no, no, because you've been framed as home videos. Yes, there was one with a folk singer on a hill and its dogs are the dogs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. See, but the point is that it didn't really matter. And actually, when Dennis was on, bless his ninety-three-year-old heart, you just sort of go like. More clips, please. Yes. Let's see someone from Corrie falling over. You've got some animals in the background having sex. Yeah. Yeah. John! (laughs) Hello again. Now, as you've probably noticed, it's 2015, and if you're in the market for a shiny new motor to complement this shiny new year, then let me tempt you with a fabulous and very shiny Mitsubishi ASX. The ASX four-wheel drivability fused with urban agility is a true crossover, ready for every adventure. And right now, you can save a £1,000 across the range, which start at just 13999 with some great finance options available. Want one? Just visit mitsubishi-cars.co.uk to find out more.
Uh, here's one from Fluffy Phil, the Newcastle fan. He says, I know you pair were born in the late 70s, but I need to know this for a date that I have soon. Shawaddy-waddy or mud? It's really important I don't mess this up. Who have you got a date with? David Hamilton? <laughs> well, both of them were pretty shitty, weren't they? Well, this is Shawaddy-waddy. Let's go for a little walk Under the moon of the... And this is mud. Well, there you are, then. You decide. Yeah, I, I, I stand by my original comment. Under the Moon of Love? I mean, that's a classic. Compared to Tiger Feet? It may be a... Well, yeah, but... The word classic is overused to just mean anything that's a bit old and sometimes a bit ropey, isn't it? I would say. Probably. But again, who who, who is he dating? Why Is this a vital question? I don't know. Maybe he's dating one of the band of one of them. Hey, that could be it. And it's important that he doesn't go, oh, Jack, that's great. When you did that tiger feet thing. That's entirely possible. So I know that was an animal reference, but... John! <laughs> John! <laughs> Stop it! Say so if he were to mention the wrong one, and it turns out that it scuppers the date, then that's why you need to know. Can you let us know, Fluffy Phil? Yes, for our next dates, we'd like to find that out just in case we get caught short by a very odd musical trivia question. Kev! Clint writes, Is the profanitator still working okay? Pretty sure it didn't provide a shit effect when Kev swore last episode. Well, it might be on its last legs. Let's say that. We have had a couple of instances where we've had to reboot it during the course of the programme. For those of you who don't know what the profanitator is, the profanitator is the machine that provides all of these various sound effects. So, if you say words like, for example, this machine will automatically provide a sound effect in order to bleep them out. That's good. But there was an occasion last episode where yeah. it didn't quite work. I noticed that. So we'll have to keep an ear on that. Yes. Just in case. Not sure. that we swear a lot, because swearing no. is not big or clever or cool. No. But just in case that little fatty doodle bag machine bastard stained mother does go wrong, we're covered. Yeah. And here's hoping. That it worked just then. John T. the Tinker says, uh, Lads, what's your favourite political outtake or political cringe moment? I reckon that Ed Balls thing on Newsnight the other day was pretty good. Did you see that? Ed Balls? Ed Balls! Ed Balls? Ed Balls! That one. Right. Yeah, he was on Newsnight and Emily Maitlis sort of embarrassed him. As I said, there will always be some business people who are supporting Labour. I've been at a dinner tonight with a number um, of business-supporting Labour figures. Who, there, who, there'll who? be some... Well, um, uh, the um, uh, Bill, um, the former chief executive of, of EDS, and who I was just talking to just a few moments former ago before I came over. Of EDS, EDS. of course, who's a big supporter of ours. What was his and, name? But, well, uh, to be honest, it's just gone from my head, which is a bit annoying this time of night. So that's for equality. And then, of course, there's the famous Michael Howard. I was entitled to express my views. I was entitled to be consulted. Did you threaten to overrule I, him? I was not entitled to instruct Derek Lewis. And did the you truth threaten of, to overrule the, him? The truth of the matter is that did I did not... Did you to overrule him? I did not overrule Derek did Lewis. Did you threaten to overrule him? Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to knock the Howard one. I mean, Ed Balls. Ed Balls. Ed Balls. Ed Balls. It's quite a piece of work, isn't he? It's a bit. And he wants to be the Chancellor. Oh, good. And finally, Esther, from Retro Robbie. Retro Robbie writes, 
There's a rat in me kitchen. What am I going to do? Shoot the... Quack, quack. Oops. <laughs> there you are. Extermination advice for Mr. Collins. Well, I have exterminated a couple of rats, of course, with my tractor in when I did double rat detail. What? Double rat detail. I must have told you about double rat detail. You probably did. Last place I lived at, there was a, a problem in that neck of the woods with some rats, and I came home one day and I thought something shot across the kitchen, thought it was a mouse. A week later, a fellow coming around fitting a carpet, and he says, and he walks in, he's white. The guy's like white. Right. And I'm not identifying his pigmentation. I was going to say, yeah. He's thrown a whitey. Right. And this fella is looking decidedly worried and nervous. He said, mate, he said, I've got to sit down. He said, I've just seen a rat go under a hole outside your house. He said it was this big, yeah. and he gesticulated to something of a kind of small dog size. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fellas came out from the pest control department, and uh, they said, yeah, we'll put some stuff down, but in the meantime, lay some traps. And I thought, is that a bit barbaric, the old trap? I thought, I'll give it a go, put one outside by where this hole was. Mm. Within a day, I caught a rat. Not a massive rat, a dirty little rat. Yeah. But I caught the rat, and then the, I, I put, had two more of these things left. I thought, if it's coming... On the outside wall there, it's going into where there is a boiler, which is a sort of an old cupboard not used in the kitchen. And there must be some little crack and crevice, because those things can get through places you don't think they can. Indeed. So I thought I'll put two traps out together. One over there, one over there. And some peanut butter as the bait. Came home two days later. Not one, but two rats. Two rats. Wow. Simultaneous rat catch. Pest control man said, never seen anything like it. Put did, me in for an award. I was going to say, did you get a medal for it? Yeah. John, so there you are. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my rat-catching uh, rat days. Uh, so, more questions next week in a normal-type yes. pod. And I think we've got LaDonna Harvey I don't week. believe it. LaDonna Harvey, live from San Diego. You're teasing just us. Just talking stuff and nonsense. You are teasing us. Certainly not, sir. Credit stream. And as they say in all good books, we all lived happily ever after. And guess what, Kev? What? If you like this podcast and want to help support it, make sure you get over to iTunes or Stitcher and you rate when you're on there, you review when you're on there, and, of course, you subscribe, which means the episode is downloaded every week. So oh, yeah. Automatically. That kind of thing. Uh, we had music by Kevin McLeod. In Corpotech.com. That's the very same man. Thanks to our sponsors, Mitsubishi Motors in the UK. Follow us on Twitter at Once a Word. Now, we mustn't forget Abdul's Coffee Shack. He's still supplying some beautiful coffee to our boudoir of verbal joy here on a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll be back, of course, in a week's time with many, many things. Your questions, some other bits and pieces, which we can't mention now, of course, that'd just be silly. And LaDonna Harvey. Until then, goodbye. A Big Things Media production. <laughs> Big Things! Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the hard-working Mitsubishi L200. With £2,000 off the range, make the L200 your ultimate workmate.
idea. Let's sing it all together, okay? Oh, the cow goes moo. Hello again.